Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome everyone to Too Good to Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject for today's show is ancient flying machines. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject and research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names, we apologize, and neither of us have any particular knowledge of ancient history, archaeology, or aerospace. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. In a previous episode, we learned in the Temple of Seti I at Abydos in Egypt, there are hieroglyphic panels that bear symbols resembling a helicopter, spaceship, and fighter jet planes. The hieroglyphic panels were made three to 5,000 years ago. We really didn't go into a lot of details on that, even though those symbols go completely against the accepted version of history. There's so much to talk about when ancient Egypt is a subject, so that was probably why we didn't focus on it too much. When thinking about ancient flying machines, the most well-known are probably the Vimana. Here is a quote from the Ancient Explorer's website. Quote, the Vimana are spacecraft, land leviathans, airplanes, and interdimensional spacecraft described in great technical detail in the ancient Vedic literature of India. Some were said to be as fast as thought itself. In the ancient Vimanka Sastra, Science of Aeronautics, there is a description of a Vimana, an apparatus which can go by its own force from one place to, to, one place, to place or globe to globe. The Hakatha, Laws of the Babylonians, states that the privilege of operating a flying machine is great. The knowledge of flight is among the most ancient of our inheritances, a gift from those from upon high. We received it from them as a means of saving many lions. 
The Cifrala contains over 100 pages of technical details on building a flying machine with words which translate as graphite rod, copper coils, crystal inductor, vibrating spheres, stable angles, etc. The, the Ramayana describes a Vimana as a double-deck circular aircraft with portals and a dome. The Vimanka Vemanka Sastra, 4th century BC text, deals with the operation of Vemanas and how to switch the drive to solar energy from a free energy anti-gravity source, unquote. Vedic literature refers to writings made between 1500 and 1000 BC that were sacred to the Vedic religion, which could be described as an ancient form of Hinduism. The Sifala, as indicated, was a detailed account of how to build an ancient flying machine and how to pilot it. It was the work of the Chaldeans who were an ancient people that were assimilated into the kingdom of Babylon. The Ramayana is an ancient poem from India. What does the word Vimana mean when translated? The ancient explorer's article continues, quote, Vimana is a word with several meanings ranging from temple or palace to mythological flying machines described in Sanskrit epics. Reference to ancient in Indian flying vehicles comes from ancient Indian sources. Many are the well-known ancient Indian epics, and there are literally hundreds of them. Most of them have not even been translated into English yet from the old Sanskrit, unquote. Sanskrit is the language found in ancient Hindu writing. What did these craft use to propel them? The Ancient Explorers website provides an explanation, quoting Dr. Ruth Rayner, of the University of Chandigarh as follows, quote, their method of propulsion, she said, was anti-gravitational, was based upon a system analogous to that of lagima, the unknown power of the ego existing in man's physiological makeup, a centrifugal force strong enough to counteract all gravitational pull, unquote. That sounds like humans are capable of flying for man. Uh, what is the lahima? Yokopedia provides an explanation, quote, Laghima is one of the eight major siddhas, spiritual or paranormal abilities, of a spiritually advanced person in some traditions of Hinduism. Laghima, a Sanskrit word meaning absence of weight, is the power to make the physical body so light that it is almost weightless and some believe could float in the air or levitate, unquote. We haven't mentioned how long Vimina were flying and for what purpose. The ancient code website is clear that the purpose was to help mankind and that the time frame was basically at the end of the Stone Age. Quote, According to ancient Indian history, one of the most extensive in, on the planet, their ancient sacred texts called the Vedas speak of amazing flying ships that visit our planet over 6,000 years ago. While there are many who oppose the existence of the Vimana, Millions of people around the world are concerned that thousands of years ago, ancient mankind were, were, were visited by incredible flying machines piloted by the gods. With the help of the Vimana, ancient astronauts visited different places on our planet with ease, spreading knowledge and wealth among ancient primitive civilizations. Unquote. The Stone Age lasted for roughly 2.5 million years or more before tools and weapons were made from bronze. 6,000 years ago would be the Bronze Age for more advanced peoples when metalworking began. I wonder if it's possible that extraterrestrial visitors move technology along. That would go against the prime directive of non-interference. They may just have been treated like gods with their technology completely out of reach. So I question if ancient astronauts actually spread any knowledge or wealth, but just showed up to observe. Are there any authorities that stand behind these claims? Somebody must have made translations from ancient Hindu texts to come up with these stories. On multiple websites, the name Dr. V. Raghavan pops up, with the V standing for Venkataraman. The following quote is from the Ancient Code website, but also appears on several other websites. Quote, Dr. Raghavan points out the text revelations become even more astounding. 31 parts of what which the machine consists are described, including a photographing mirror underneath. The text also enumerates 16 kinds of metal that are needed to construct a flying vehicle. Metal, metal suitable, literally 16 kinds. 
but only three of them are known to us today. The rest remain untranslatable. Another authority who agrees with Dr. Raghavan's interpretations is Dr. A.V. Krishna Murthy, Professor of Aeronautics at the Institute, Indian Institute of Science in Bangalore. It is true, Dr. Krishnamurti says, that the ancient Indian Vedas and other texts refer to aeronautics, spaceships, flying machines, and ancient astronauts. The study of the Sanskrit text has convinced me that ancient India did know the secret of building flying machines and that those machines were patterned after spaceships coming down from other planets, unquote. The original Sanskrit text was apparently from 4,000 years ago. Other sources indicate that the spacecraft were powered by mercury vortex engines, which seems very specific for writings originating thousands of years ago. Is there any other information on any other type of alleged UFOs using mercury vortex engines? There is the alleged Die Glock or the Bell developed by Nazi Germany, allegedly, during World War II. Here's a quote from the Die Glock Wikipedia article. Quote, Allegedly, an experiment carried out by the Third Reich scientists working for the SS is in a German, German facility known as Der Reise, the giant, near the Wenceslas mine and close to the Czech, Czech border. Die Glock is described as being a device made out of a hard, heavy metal, approximately 2.7 meters or 9 feet wide and 3.7 to 4.6 meters, 12 to 15 feet high, having a shape similar to that of a large bell, unquote. The device is supposed to have came two counter-rotating cylinders filled with a violet-colored mercury-like substance. But there is more recent alleged connect there. But there is a more recent alleged connection to the Vimana. I hope you're not going to say that one was sighted somewhere over in New Mexico. No, but on several websites there are accounts of the of the discovery of a Vimana in 2012. The following is from the Medium website. Quote, a 5,000-year-old Vimana, an aerial vehicle from ancient India, was discovered in a cave in Afghanistan that has caused the disappearance of at least eight American soldiers stuck in a time well in an attempt to extract it from the cave. The discovery caused a flurry of high-level visits to the area by some powerful leaders of the Western world. The article continues, but I think we're going to have to continue with it after the break. Yes, we'll continue after the short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. skeptic or a believer join me rob mcconnell as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the exxon radio tv show on xzbn and the exxon tv channel on simul tv since 1990 the exxon radio tv show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard together we'll investigate ufos aliens ghosts bigfoot psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, 
by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. The new non-fiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we're discussing a possible Vimana discovered in Afghanistan from the Medium website. So, Dad, can you please continue with the article? Yes, thank you, Justina. In the summer of 2012, the leaders of the most important Occidental countries made consecutive visits, consecutive visits that were considered suspicious in Afghanistan at shorter intervals, one from another within a week. Barack Obama, David Cameron, Nicolas Sarkozy, who was then the president of France, and Angela Merkel. At the time, Nicolas Sarkozy was already in India when suddenly he left that country going to Afghanistan. The following question was naturally asked. Why all this suspicious rush of the great world's political personalities towards Afghanistan? The leak of information, even if partial, coming from the U.S. Air Force seemed to have offered the answer. An ancient flying machine approximately 5,000 years old called Vimana in the Hindu writings was found in one of the caves of the complicated mountain chain from Afghanistan. The writing Mahabharata from the Hindu tradition made numerous references to these flying machines. Unquote. I'm skeptical about the entire story. Leaking information as alleged could result in a long incarnation at Fort Leavenworth. The time well sounds rather fantastic, but pretty depressing if it trapped eight servicemen. Does the article go into more detail? Yes, it describes a ten time well encasing the alleged Vimana, stating that it appears to be an electromagnetic radiation gravity field ref- referred to by Albert Einstein in his unified field theory. But another article suggests that the eight servicemen were not trapped, but were found sleeping in the area. Is there anything more we should mention about the Vimana before moving on to South America? Only this quote, which was written a few years ago at the end of the 20th century from the Wikidot website. Quote, the Vedic traditions of India tell us that we are now in the fourth age of mankind. The Vedas call them the Golden Age, the Silver Age and the Bronze Age. And we're now, according to their scriptures, in the Iron Age. As we approach the end of the 20th century, both Native Americans and Mayan and Incan prophecies claim that we are coming to the end of an age. Sanskrit texts are filled with references to gods who fought battles in the sky using vimanas equipped with weapons as deadly as any we can deploy in these more enlightened times, unquote. The quote is interesting on many levels. If beings are so advanced that they can build incredible spacecraft, why would there be need to fight anyone? Surely differences could be settled by peaceful means. 
Also, why come to the planet Earth to fight battles? The Vedic traditions, as well as Native American, Mayan, and Incan prophecies, claim that by the end of the 20th century, mankind is beginning its fourth age. That seems consistent with New Age beliefs. With that, let's move on to Colombia, South America, and the Quimbaya artifacts. The Wikipedia page dedicated to the Quimbaya artifacts states the following, quote, The Quimbaya artifacts are several dozen golden objects found in Colombia made by the Quimbaya civilization culture dated around 1000 CE, a few of which, the so-called Quimbaya airplanes, are supposed by ancient astronaut theorists to represent modern airplanes and therefore to be out-of-place artifacts. The whole of the figurines measuring 2 to 3 inches, 5 to 7.5 centimeters each, are described in mainstream archaeology as depicting birds, lizards, amphibians, and insects common in that region and period, some of them highly stylized, uh, as in the Gold Museum, Bogota. In 1994, Germans Peter Belting and Konrad Lubers created simplified radio-controlled scale models of these objects and showed that their models, which lacked some convoluted features present in the real figurines, could fly." What is known about the Quimbaya civilization? The Gypsy Thread website provides details as follows, quote, The Quimbaya civilization inhabited the areas around the Coca River Valley on the western slopes of the Andes Mountains. There's no clear evidence that pinpoints when the Quimbaya came into being. However, most researchers agree that it was sometime in the first century BC. They were expert hunters, grew many different and diverse crops fished and had many industries, including gold mining and goldsmithing. The Quimbaya civilization reached its peak in the period between the 4th and 7th century AD. Spanish conquistadors began to colonize Colombia in 1509, which led to the end of the Quimbaya period." Unquote. The people were known for their spectacular gold work with highly detailed and unique designs, which of course included the model aircraft. Are there any references to extraterrestrials who might have flown aircraft about 1,000 years before modern flight was invented? It seems that nothing much was written down. The only suggestion that either the Quimbaya or perhaps visitors were advanced are in petroglyphs or rock carvings. The following is again from the Gypsy Thread website. Quote, petroglyphs and stone carvings in the hard granite in the area where the ancient Quimbaya lived add yet another layer of mystery to the story. In places like the Park of the Mark Stones and Natural Park of Las Piedras Mercadas, carvings seem to support some knowledge of constellations and the stars. Little else is known about these carvings, including the date they were made or their true meaning. Some theorize that they were made in honor of extraterrestrial encounters. Unquote. We can now move on to ancient China. The Global Security website provides an account in an article entitled Ancient Chinese Aviation. Here is part of that article. Quote, the attempt at flying vehicles by the Chinese people has a long history. It could be traced back to the ancient times. Ancient Chinese texts contain numerous references to experimental aircraft. Some of these have been documented to before the year 2000 BC. In 1766, BC, the Emperor Cheng Tang is said to have ordered the construction of a flying machine that was subsequently, subsequently destroyed lest anyone discover the secret of flight. In the 3rd century BC, the Chinese poet Chu Yun was said to have made a detailed aerial survey of the Gobi Desert, giving special praise to the durability of his craft over wind and sandstorms. There is a legend that Mozi, some, some people think it was Gongshu Ban, not Mozi, made a bird of the wood and rode it to fly. This was the first time the humans studied the flight device. The classic Lu Wen Mozi told us that during the spring and autumn period, 770 to 476 BC, the famous craftsman Gong Shuban made a magpie from bamboo and wood and made it fly in the sky. Classic Wei Chu Zhu Shang, Hans Fei Zi, wrote about a flying wooden eagle made by Mo Di, founder of Mohism, 468 to 376 BC. The famous scientist of, East, of Eastern Han Dynasty, Zhang Heng, AD 79 to 139, made a wooden bird which could fly several kilometers according to the classic 
history of the later Han Dynasty Zhang Heng biography. All the above mentioned tales were made about making flying vehicles after flying birds. Sorry, all the above mentioned tales were about making flying vehicles after flying birds. The classic history of Han Dynasty Wang Mang biography recorded that the sixth year of the Tiangfeng period of, of New Dynasty, AD 19, a man was witnessed flying dozens of meters with two huge bird wings and feathers all over his body, even on his head. That was believed the earliest recorded flying and gliding experiment by physical force of human being, unquote. The article continues by discussing kites and rockets, which the ancient Chinese are noted for. What about the bamboo copter? Not the type you can buy from lots of places today. The Wikiwon website provides a description as follows. Quote, the bamboo copter, also known as the bamboo dragonfly or Chinese top, is a toy helicopter rotor that flies up when its shaft is rapidly spun. This helicopter-like top originated in the Warring States period in China around 400 BC and was the object of early experiments by English engineer George Cayley, the inventor of modern aeronautics. In China, the earliest known flying toys consisted of feathers at the end of a stick, which was rapidly spun between the hands and released in the flight. While the Chinese top was no more than a toy, it is perhaps the first tangible device that we may understand as a helicopter." Unquote. I don't think a toy really counts, but who knows? There may be more to the story than kids having fun. The article continues with an excerpt from the book, the, from the book, the Beopuzi, Master Who Embraces Simplicity, from around the year 317, authored by the Jin Dynasty Deist philosopher Ji Hong. This is as follows: Quote, Someone made flying cars with wood from the inner part of the jujube tree using ox leather straps fastened to returning blades so as to set the machine in motion. Others have had the idea of making five snakes, six dragons and three oxen to meet the hard wind and ride on it, not stopping until they have risen to a height of 40 li. That region is called the purest of empty space. There the key is extremely hard, so much that it can overcome the strength of human beings. As the teacher says, the kite flies higher and higher spirally and then only needs to stretch into its two wings, beating the air no more, in order to go forward by itself. This is because it starts gliding on the hard wind. Take dragons, for example. When they first rise, they go up using the clouds as steps, and after they have attained a height of 40 li, then they rush forward effortlessly. The account comes from the adepts and is handed down to ordinary people, but they are not likely to understand it." Unquote. I'm not sure what height is 40 li or what key means, except perhaps air or wind, but we'll have to continue after the break. Yes, we'll continue after this short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net.
Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Men.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, Dad, you were talking about an article from the book Bapuzo which is the master who embraces simplicity. So can you continue with your thought, please? Sure. Uh, The adept mentioned must have been clever people. It is thought that the description of the returning blades refers to toy helicopters, whereas the description of snakes, dragons, and oxen were referring to kites. But who really knows for sure? I would like to think of dragons as being real. Yes, I don't think that Puff the Magic Dragon was, but according to the song's lyricist, there's no connection with smoking anything. Well, on that note, let's change the subject since we have some time to mention Ancient Babylon. The website Araman provides some fascinating details as follows. Quote, other Babylonian secret scripts like the Epic of Etana also contain references to the magical flight of Etana on the back of an enormous eagle. This eagle takes him higher and higher, and throughout the narrative, there are remarkably authentic descriptions of the view that unfolds before them. This is obviously the account of somewhere familiar with flying. The sense of perspective and patchwork of color and haze, together with an accurate depiction of, of geographical features, make this difficult to understand. Difficult, that is, unless the author or someone close to him had actually experienced the wonder of flight. Unquote. The article again mentions Babylonian law that the knowledge of flight is an ancient gift from the gods. Ancient Babylon was founded around 4,000 years ago, about 50 miles or 80 kilometers from modern-day Baghdad in Iraq. But there is some supporting evidence that flight could have occurred in those times. What is the supporting evidence? The article continues as follows, quote, In his book, The Secrets of the Lost Races, author René Nurbergen makes the following comment, Whatever the vehicle of ascent may have been, the Epic of Etana certainly supplies us with very accurate description of the Earth's surface for various altitudes, descriptions were not, which were not verified in our own era until high-altitude aerial flights in the 1950s and the first space shots of the 1960s, unquote. That sounds impossible. What other apparent impossibilities are there in other places? Returning to ancient Egypt, here's another quote from the Aeroman website. Quote, tucked away in the Cairo Museum of Antiquities, item number 6347, RM22, was for many years considered just a small and insignificant artifact. This was, after all, no more than a tiny wooden plane discovered in the tomb near Sagara in 1898. For many years, it was kept in the basement storage area where it was where it was marked as bird object 
and lay almost forgotten. In 1969, however, Dr. Kalal Messiah, an archaeologist, noticed a resemblance to the object to modern aircraft and decided to investigate further. A research committee was formed and the initial findings were so impressive that the object was put on immediate display. Aerodynamic experts were later to testify that the model was remarkably airworthy, indicating knowledge of principles of aircraft design, which had taken European and American designers a century of airfoil experimental work to discover. Some experts noted similarities between the model and the latest NASA, sorry, NASA, NASA, yes, thank you, developments in oblique winged aircraft, unquote. With that, it is time for the first question. Was a Vimana an apparatus which could go by its own force from place to place or globe to globe? That could be said. Was the Hakatha, the law of the Babylons, correct in stating that the knowledge of flight is among the most ancient of inheritances, inheritances and a gift from those from upon high? They believe that, yes. Was the knowledge of flight received from those from upon high as a means of saving many lives? That could be said. Why were the beings described as those from upon high? You could call them extraterrestrials or aliens. I have read that extraterrestrial beings don't like the word aliens. Is that true? Beings is the preferred word, but it is not as commonly used as aliens. So it is easier to refer to them as aliens. But beings or aliens are about the same thing. Beings is just a more respectful way of saying it. Could a Vimana switch its drive to solar energy from free ener- from a free energy from a free energy anti-gravity source? Yes. Did the propulsion of a Vimana include Lagima, the unknown power of the ego existing in man's physiological makeup, the centrifugal force strong enough to counteract all gravitational pull? There's more to it than that. So part of it is the ego, yes, but it takes more energy than just the ego. Is Lagima the ability to make the physical body so light that it is almost weightless, able to float in the air or levitate? That was what it was thought of, yes. Did the Vimana visit planet Earth over 6,000 years ago? Yes. Did the Vimana visit the Earth more recently than 6,000 years ago? Yes. Did they visit the Earth over a time frame of, say, 2,000 years? Approximately. With the help of the Vimana, did ancient astronauts visit different places around the globe with ease, spreading knowledge and wealth among ancient primitive civilizations? There was knowledge spread, yes, but it wasn't always by man. So man had some ways of traveling, yes, but other beings also helped with this. So mankind learned the secrets of flight from extraterrestrials and could fly Vimana. Some, not all, so it was very particular for one. And two, the knowledge is very sacred, you could say. Has, how, how was non-interference with the people on Earth maintained if knowledge and wealth were spread by extraterrestrial beings among ancient primitive civilizations? You can think of it as one rules change. So there were differences in ancient times where beings were able to interfere in different ways. And two is that it really depends on what the humans are really going through, where they are at and things like that. So there are other factors influencing if there could be interference or not, depending on the outcomes of what is happening with the humans. Were the visitors treated like gods? Yes. Did a Vimana include a photographing mirror underneath? Not exactly, no. Did a Vimana have a, have a, a device for capturing images? In a way, yes, but not pictures thought of as a camera today. Was a Vimana constructed from 15 kinds of metal with only three known today? Actually, four are known today, but the rest were not. Do we know anything about the 12 other metals? No. Did the people of ancient India know the secret of building flying machines patterned after spacecraft arriving from other planets? Basically from UFOs, yes. Who were the gods or extraterrestrial beings that flew the Vimana? They were from a distant place, so they were helpful beings. By known as secrets of building flying machines, were Vimana built by the people of ancient India? They attempted, yes, so there were many unsuccessful attempts, but they tried to do what they could, yes. 
Were Vimana powered by Mercury Vortex engines? Not exactly, no. Was there in reality a type of flying saucer known as Die Glocke or the Bell developed by Nazi Germany during World War II? No. Is there any truth to the story that in 2012 a 5,000-year-old Vimana was discovered in a cave in Afghanistan? There was an unknown invention that was discovered, but it was not that, so it was actually for decorative purposes. Did uh, eight American soldiers disappear stuck in a time well when attempting to extract the object from the cave? Yes. Were the eight soldiers later found sleeping in the area? They found them later. They were stuck for a while, but they found them, so they were fine. Did world leaders, including Barack Obama and Angela Merkel, visit the cave in 2012? Yes, to find out that it was nothing than a piece of heart. How did the story leak out? Basically, one person called another, called another, so information gets out very easily. However, it was nothing that was useful to anyone. Was the time well that was encasing the piece of, an art, of, the piece of art an electromagnetic radio, radiation gravity field referred to by Albert Einstein in his unified field theory? That could be said. What happened to the piece of art? It was just put into storage. It's nothing important. Are the Vedic traditions correct in that we are now in the fourth age of mankind? It again depends on what exactly defines each age, but for some that is true. Are the four ages the Golden Age, the Silver Age, the Bronze Age, and the Iron Age? Yes. Is the age of Aquarius or the New Age the fourth age? Yes. Do believed to be gods fight battles, did believed to be gods fight battles in the sky using Vamana equipped with deadly weapons? That was thought of, yes, but there was a lot of embellishment of the stories. So that was not very true. Correct. Changing subject to the Quimbaya model airplanes, were those artifacts made by the Quimbaya civilization around 3,000 years ago? Yes. Why did the Quimbaya people make the model airplanes? To try to fly, so they wanted to be able to transport other resources. Why in 1994 were Peter Belting and Conrad Lubers able to fly simplified radio-controlled scale models of the Quimbaya model airplanes? Basically because they were built to fly, so their idea of what they thought would work did work. Did the Quimbaya have knowledge of constellations and the stars, as suggested by their petroglyphs carved into granite? Yes. Where, what were the approximate dates for the petroglyphs being made? About 2,000 years ago. I think we have to go into the break and we'll take the next question after that. Yes. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today. 
They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were discussing the questions and the psychic insight about ancient flying machines. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Yes. What is the meaning of the petroglyphs made by the Quimbaya civilization? They were studying how the constellations could be used for flight. So basically as a map of the universe that could be used to fly in space. Were the petroglyphs carved in honor of extraterrestrial encounters? Not exactly, no. So more of the observation and just the astrology and what was happening in the sky. So in certain cases, yes, it may involve extraterrestrials but a lot of them did not. Who built the aircraft that the Quimbaya copied to make models? It was multiple things. So one, it was copying off of weird things they saw in the sky, but it was also copying off the flight of animals. So they studied birds and the wing-like structures. So they copied nature and also UFOs? Correct. Changing the subject to ancient China, did in 1766 BC Emperor Chang Cheng Tang ordered the construction of a flying machine that was subsequently destroyed so that the secret of flight was not discovered. Correct. How successful was that flying machine? It got off the ground, but didn't make it very far off the ground, so only a few feet. In the 3rd century BC, did Chinese poet Chu Yun make a detailed aerial survey of the Gobi Desert, giving special praise to the durability of his craft over wind and sandstorms? No, that didn't happen, so it was sketched out, but it wasn't because he was flying. Did Mosey or Gongshan Ban make a, make a bird of wood to fly in it? He tried, yes. Was he successful? No. During the spring and autumn period, 770 to 476 BC, did Gongshu Ban make a magpie from bamboo and wood that he flew in? He tried again, yes. Was he successful? More successful than the others, but it cannot stand long distances, no. Did Modi, founder of Mohism, 468 to 376 BC, make a flying wooden eagle? Yes. Was it successful? For short flights, yes. Did the famous scientist of the Eastern Han Dynasty, Zhang Heng, AD 78 to 139, make a wooden bird which could fly several kilometers? Yes. In the 6th century of the Qian Feng period of the New Dynasty, AD 19, did a man fly under his own strength, gliders or aircraft, with two huge bird wings and feathers all over his body? No. 
Did the helicopter, sorry, did the helicopter-like top originate in the Warring States period of China around 400 BC? Yes. Around the year 317, was the Jin Dynasty Daoist philosopher Jay Hong correct in stating that flying cars were made with wood from the jujube tree using ox leather straps fastened to returning blades? They tried that, yes, but again, they weren't what flying machines are thought of as today. They could get off the ground, but not for very long. Do returning blades refer to toy helicopters? Yes. Did others have the idea of making five snakes, six dragons, and three oxen to meet the hard wind and ride on it, not stopping until they had risen to a height of 40 li? That story has been exaggerated, so it's not all true. How high is 40 li spelled L-I? That would only be a few feet, so not very high. Is key spelled Q-I the wind? Yes. Are snakes, dragons and oxen actually kites? That could be said. So the ancient Chinese were able to get some success in flight, but never fully achieved it. They succeeded with toys and getting a little off the ground, but they never really succeeded with true flight. Changing subject to ancient Babylon, who were the gods that provided the ancient Babylonians with the ancient knowledge of flying? They found different information that was basically dropped down to them, so the gods were thought of beings above. Were these the same beings that provided help to the people of ancient India? Some of them, yes. Did ancient Babylonian scripts like the Epic of Atana provide an accurate description of flying even if flights were in the back of an enormous eagle? Yes. Had the author of the Epic of Etana or someone close to him actually experienced the wonder of flight? That could be said. Does the Epic of Etana provide a very accurate description of the Earth's surface from various altitudes? Yes. Were the description of the Earth's surface from the Epic of Etana verified by high-altitude aerial flights in the 1950s and the first space shots of the 1960s? Yes. Why did this technology in Babylon and in India become forgotten? Because basically humans went backwards. So humans, instead of trying to move technology forward, they went into more of a, you could call it the dark ages, where they didn't care about technology. They didn't care about moving forward. They didn't care about helping each other. Instead, they only cared about their own greed and more negative things happened. So the ancient peoples actually wanted to move forward. They want to make something that would help them, something that would move technology forward. Therefore, they were resisted. However, for the ones later, when the technology got lost, it was just not a good time for the knowledge to be spread since so many other issues were already occurring. Changing subject to ancient Egypt, are the hieroglyphic panels with images of flying objects three to 5,000 years old? Yes. Do the hieroglyphic panels with symbols resembling a helicopter, a spaceship, and fighter jets document that helicopters, spacecraft, and fighter jets existed three to 5,000 years ago? Yes. Who built the helicopters, spacecraft, and fighter jets shown in the hieroglyphic panels? People with advanced technology. Was that beings from other places, or was it human beings who lived in ancient Egypt? A mix of both. Why was the Cairo Museum of Antiquities item number 6347RM22 for many years just considered to be a small and insignificant artifact? Basically because nobody realized that it was actually important. Why did it take until 1969 for archaeologist Dr. Calhill Messeha to notice the resemblance of the wooden plane discovered in a tomb near Sagara to modern aircraft? Basically nobody made the connection. Since a lot of people thought it was not possible that flight existed that long ago. So nobody was on the lookout for anything that looked like aircraft. How could such an ancient model aircraft be remarkably airworthy, indicating knowledge of the principles of aircraft design, which would take a century of modern airfoil experimental work to discover? Since the ancient Egyptians had a lot more knowledge than they are given credit for and were very smart people. Are there similarities between the model and the latest NASA developments in oblique-winged aircraft? Yes. I think I asked a similar question before, but why did the Prime Directive of Extraterrestrials of Non-Interference of the Development of the People of Earth not appear to apply to ancient flying machines? 
Again, the technology was moving forward, and it was more of a group decision to interfere with regards to the future humans making a lot of their own mistakes and were moving in a different direction. So rules and lines had to be shifted. So you can basically you can think of it in terms of even laws. So laws aren't put into place until something wrong happens. And then the law has to be put into place to make sure the wrong thing doesn't happen again. So it's the same concept. What can we learn from the discoveries around the globe of ancient flying machines? That there's still a lot more to be discovered. So humans, again, think that right now in this moment that they're the smartest, the most intelligent beings. However, there's still a lot more to learn from the past and learn that humans overall have been very intelligent even in ancient times. So sometimes things do appear to be what they appear to be. However, it also has to be noted that some of the stories have been embellished and made more than what they are. So, for example, if someone gets a toy plane off the ground, they may say how it flew a very long way. However, the story may be embellished, so it seems better than it actually is. So it's very difficult to distinguish what is true and what isn't from ancient times. But overall, the takeaway is that in ancient civilizations, they had their own, as stated before, their own advanced technology in their own way. Are there any other civilizations that had ancient flying machines that we didn't mention? Yes, many of them. That was the last answer. Are ancient flying machines too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. I now see no more questions and answers. Apparently, as the Bronze Age was beginning about 6,000 years ago, ancient flying machines not only being flown, but were documented as being flown. And uh, not long before that, mankind was still living in the Stone Age. That has made all the more interesting if knowledge and wealth were spread by extraterrestrial beings among ancient people across the globe. But a bunch of the world leaders apparently showing up in a cave in Afghanistan to look at nothing important is almost funny. <laughs> yes. Um, however, whatever is believed about flying machines, the writings made thousands of years ago are fascinating. I think something we really didn't mention in this episode is that birds naturally fly. So I think the answer that was um, kind of most interesting to me is that ancient peoples may have based flying machines off animals, partly because they saw animals. And I think generally, um, as humans, we do do a lot of the same things as animals do. It's just kind of in our nature. We see animals doing certain things and we try to copy them. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, up to just a few years ago, it was thought that uh, or wasn't understood how bees actually got off the ground. Uh, and apparently they had some grooves or slots in their wings that made it possible. So uh, that just shows you we don't understand bees that well. Well, on that note, if anyone, any of the listeners out there have a suggestion for our show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True with the first T spelled T-W-O or our website at TooGoodToBeTrue.net. And as always, thank you so much for listening and we look forward to next week's show. here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. 
and full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I dot net. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. 